Welcome to Living Southern Oregon, a podcast dedicated to discovering and exploring all Southern Oregon has to offer. I'm your host, Simona Fino, and I will be introducing you to the people who live here, the things they love, and what makes Southern Oregon a magical place to call home. Hello, everyone. This is Finn Roby. Welcome to the Living Southern Oregon podcast. Today, we will have the pleasure of speaking with my friend and creator and host of this show, Simona Fino. Simona is an active member of the Southern Oregon community, keeping busy with the Living Southern Oregon podcast, selling and buying homes for her clients, and participating in all the fantastic adventures this area has to offer. She has lived in Southern Oregon with her 15-year-old daughter, Sahara, since January of 2015. Simona enjoys dancing to the house music scene, live music, kayaking, and many other activities. She is constantly on the go and loves to bring people and communities together. Hi, Simona. Welcome to your own show. <laughs> I know. It's kind of, I'm on the other side. Yeah, we're going to find out more about you today. <laughs> All right. So let's start off by just telling us how you came to live in Southern Oregon. Well, we were moving out of California and knew that that was something that I wanted to do. I was living in the Bay Area at the time. It was kind of over all of the traffic and craziness and intensity and just wanted, I wanted to be in nature. I wanted what I call the reverse commute. So instead sure. of leaving the Bay Area every weekend and in search of nature. Now I'm in it all the time. And now I leave every once in a while to go down to the city <laughs> and get my city fix. So that was kind of the the desire of leaving that area as much as I love it because it is very much home. And we discovered Southern Oregon because I was moving up here with a group of friends and we were doing the intentional community thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the members was talking to a friend and they suggested Applegate Valley. They're like, have you checked out Applegate Valley in yeah. Southern Oregon? And so they were already doing a trek. They were RVing from Washington State all the way down, kind of looking for opportunities, places, and where we might kind of go as a community. And they got to Applegate Valley, and it was kind of an immediate yes. You guys got to come check it out. They called right away. So we're like, all right, let's go check it out. So to Ashland we went and camped there and then kind of just spent some time in the area and mm -hmm. checking it out and decided that, yeah, it checked all the boxes, which How for could us, it not, right? I know. <laughs> well, for us, we wanted to have a, an airport. We wanted to be relatively close to the Bay Area because I still have family and, a, of course, a huge community of friends down there mm -hmm. near a, a city, enough of a town to have, you know, some stuff going on. I wanted a Waldorf school for my daughter. Sure. And yeah, it, it definitely checked all the boxes. So yeah, that's how we landed. Well, you couldn't find a more beautiful area to land, could you? I For know. Sure. I really do love it. And Applegate is just such a gorgeous area. And yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah. This whole area has so much to offer. Anywhere around here seems beautiful. Know. You know, we're lucky to live here. So you mentioned you were part of the communal living scene. Tell us more about that. Well, we bought a property. We had 10 acre property, which mm -hmm. my friends still own. They, they still have that. And the idea was that we would, you know, all go in on this property together and mm -hmm. eventually have separate housing. 
but for the time being, for when I was there, we shared housing and it's, it's a beautiful spot and really amazing people that I love. And we did that for five years. And then I just kind of realized that I really needed my own place. Mm-hmm. And so ended up moving two years ago now to Grants Pass and bought a duplex. So nice. now I'm there, which is great because it offers a little bit of that taste of the communal living in a way because mm-hmm. I have a very good friend living next door. But it also, for me, I was looking to get into home ownership mm-hmm. and house hacking. Yeah. <laughs> is It was really appealing. I realized that was an option after becoming a real estate agent and sure. deciding, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to have somebody else help me pay my mortgage. Yeah. And what a great investment. Yeah. And I just, I knew I wanted to be in town a little closer to school and whatnot. Cause my daughters, she got older mm-hmm. and you would be wanting to partake in all the activities and things like that. So it just made sense to, and then the perfect place came up in Grants Pass. So that works out perfectly. Yeah. So do you think that communal living with the cost of living being so high and the urge for people to reconnect, do you Mm -hmm. think that's becoming a bigger thing for people? I mean, it seems when I talk to people, there's a, there's a pretty strong interest Mm -hmm. in it. What what would you say from the real estate side and just from the communities you're part of? Yeah, absolutely. No, people are definitely interested in it. The one thing I always tell folks is, you know, get everything in writing. Mm -hmm. Separate kitchens and bathrooms are also (laughs) usually extremely helpful. Right. (laughs) You know, you can do it, I think, for a while, that shared situation. But there's there is a point to where you need space. People usually want space. But the benefits are really amazing. They really are. And I think that as people start to feel this desire to be on land as well, Mm -hmm. um, and land is not cheap, especially in our area, that's an affordable way of, of doing it is going in on a piece of land like that Mm -hmm. and living together. And, you know, when you have more people to work the land, more people to come together for that purpose, that also makes that process easier. Cause I mean, let's face it, living on land is a lot of work. Absolutely. Just the the maintenance alone, much Mm -hmm. less if you're trying to actually, you know, farm or do other things with it, it really can take up a lot of time. So yeah, I think it's definitely something that people are more interested in and wanting to be a part of. Sure. I feel lucky to live in a communal living Mm -hmm. situation here. Yeah. I don't own part of the land, but I'm lucky enough to, to be on this little farm and get to help out here. And yeah, it's, it, it, it is, it's nice just having people close by that you can hundred percent connected with. And yeah. And sure. there's so many different ways of doing it. You know, it's like you said, you don't necessarily have to be an owner, but even right. just being a part of it, mm-hmm. I think is fantastic. And yeah. same thing. I mean, I, like I said, mine is mini. I have my, my little mini community cause it's just mm-hmm. one person next door. But we, we help each other out. It's like when we're out of town, I mean, he just helped me out last night, picking up my daughter from her swim meet, you know, stuff like that. It's like you have somebody and people around and it really does foster a different type of living situation as Mm -hmm. opposed to just being all on your own. Yeah. Well, and that convenience, like you said, of having someone really close by that's got your back. If Mm -hmm. you need something on short notice or, you know, something comes up, I mean, that happens with us here and 
you know, we trade back and forth on things. And so it's different than just having neighbors you don't know. Exactly. Or that you've gotten to know a little bit, but you know, they're not close Mm -hmm. and you feel funny asking for things. It's, it's nice having close friends. Yeah. No. And I've often thought, you know, I, I, I still have fantasies about building community and what that could look like. And, you know, I look at those I'm areas <laughs> and like Medford, you know, people tend to think of land and it's like mm-hmm. after living on 10 acres, which is beautiful. I mean, it's still beautiful. And I love that I still have access and these, you know, with friends that have this property, but it's a lot. And as yeah. I get older, it's like, okay, what can I take care of? Or what do I want to take care of? How much do I want to travel? How, you know, Absolutely. and it's interesting to see these areas where, you know, and especially in Medford, I know they're doing, they are allowing for more building and more, um, units on one property. Which is fantastic. So, you know, if you get something that's zoned mm-hmm. for a fourplex, yeah. you know, that's four individual homes. And if it's a large enough lot and you can create a beautiful garden, communal garden area. I mean, there's just a a different way of doing it as opposed to just like plopping down a fourplex and having a parking lot and kind of the standard. You could create some interesting setups. Yeah. With everybody having some ownership in that, there's, Mm -hmm. you know, much stronger desire to create the kind of place that feels like your home. And it's affordable. It's affordable. And everyone gets their own bathroom and kitchen. Nice. <laughs> there are some spaces we like to have to ourselves, it's right? True. Yeah. I remember in the in the intentional community training that we did, they said the community most communities fall apart over the kitchen sponge. <laughs> I just love that like example. I can of... see that being true, especially for someone like me with O C D. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that being true. But on the other hand, I think it's also nice to have sometimes a communal kitchen you can use when you do want to do things together mm-hmm. or maybe that's an outdoor space or something. Well, or... exactly. You can have the outdoor space or just inviting people over. True. Invite yeah. the whole community over, you know, and yeah. you have your, everyone's coming over to my place tonight. Yeah. You know, I'm the host. So yeah. there's that way of doing it as well. So much fun. And I just yeah. think again, that it, it just seems like we're in a place where we want to connect more, mm-hmm. you know, I think after the loneliness of COVID isolation and those kind of yeah. things that, I'm finding people, and and maybe it's just aging as well. As I'm getting older, I'm finding more people that want to live in those kind of communities. Mm -hmm. And for those of us that are single too, you know, there's the benefit of having friends around that we can help care for and they can help us as well. And so it just seems like there's so many advantages in in that Mm -hmm. area. Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned that you're a realtor, which many people may not have known as well as a podcaster. What's the current picture in the real estate market around here? Well, it depends on whether you're buying or selling, (laughs) 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 but really, you know, I think the thing that is just uh, most people are talking about right now is obviously interest rates. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a crash or a huge decline in property values? And that's what's on everyone's minds. Sure. And some I are think, hoping for one more than the other. Yeah, I know. It's a seller, right? I mean, so, you know, but what we're seeing right now, I would say, is that on the, for sellers, is like sellers are having to be a little more flexible. They're having to, you know, not, there's no expectation of these inflated prices like there was in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. And, you know, with interest rates a little higher, buyers are feeling a little hesitant. Sure. And yet, historically, we've been at 7%. Yeah, my first house I bought at 7%. Yeah. 
And we just got used to our short-term memory, I think, you know, like, but it's been three and four right. and there was even two in there, but that's probably unlikely to really ever happen again, especially the yeah. two and three. So what I usually tell people is the market is great mm -hmm. if you can afford it. And yeah. I always want to make sure that any of my clients are feeling comfortable with, with the purchase. Sure. Do you like the home, love the home, mm -hmm. and can you afford the payment? Mm -hmm. And do you plan to hang out for a couple of years? Then the answer is yes. It's mm -hmm. a fantastic time to buy and the market is, is fantastic. You know, you always have pros and cons. So mm -hmm. I know people are like waiting for prices to drop and waiting for interest rates to drop. And it's like, well, yes, those things might happen. Mm -hmm. You might have, you know, a house that drops in price five or $10,000, but your interest rates are higher. So you're right. going to be dealing with that. Whereas if you wait until interest rates drop, <laughs> then houses, the pricing well, might be higher. Prices right? tend to go up a little bit or, you know, continue to appreciate our normal level, mm -hmm. but also you're going to have more competition. True. You know, it's like all now you're going to be competing and there's going to be more offers on the table. So that means you need to come in at over list price most likely, or for sure. So it all ends up balancing out. So really it comes down to what's your monthly payment. And is right. that something that you can really afford mm -hmm. and you feel comfortable? And do you have income that you feel comfortable that it's stable? Exactly. So, I know when I bought my first house, I was approved for more than I expected, but I also realized that, oh yeah, I've been approved for this, but I really can't afford that. Mm -hmm. Like, does that happen often? I mean, well, yes and no, not in the way it was in 2007, eight, why that crash happened. That's why mm -hmm. that crash happened is because loans were being given out that should not have been given out and yeah. people could not afford those loans. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen many situations where people are, you know, they're approved for $800,000 and they're like, yeah, but we don't want to pay that much. Right. We don't want that kind of a mortgage it, that feels stretched for us. Yeah. We want to be at $500,000 because that feels super comfortable. We have things that we want to do to the house mm -hmm. or we want to travel or whatever. So yes, sometimes that happens. But again, Look at that monthly payment exactly. and see, is that really comfortable? Is yeah. that really something that you feel good about? Because sure. if that's the case, then yeah. Absolutely. Does the reverse ever happen where people are approved for X amount and they're like, no, I want to spend more on it. You know? Well, yeah, <laughs> everybody, right? <laughs> that's everybody's dream, right? Everybody's yeah. dream. <laughs> but uh, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You get what you're approved for. Exactly. You cannot yeah. Unless you have a bunch of cash, cash later exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah. but the, you know, there isn't going to be a huge crash and, you know, we'll see how things rebound. I don't have yeah. the crystal ball. Nobody does. And I hear all kinds of different, you know, outlooks and projections for the future, but you know, we're here right now in this moment. Yeah. And again, if you're waiting for both prices to drop on houses and interest rates, you're going to be waiting a very, very long time. And in our area, we have seen consistent appreciation between five and 7% a year. Mm -hmm. So if you're planning to stay in your home for it's a couple a of years, it's a great, that's what real estate is meant for. It's a right. long-term investment. Yeah. It's not a, unless you're doing a flip, mm -hmm. but it's a long-term investment. Yeah. It's, so, it seems like it's going back to, it's more leveling out really. Yeah. So what exactly. Was normal. For many years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back exactly. to a normal range rather than these super 
extremes. Yeah. yeah. And the super extremes are no fun for anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, yes, it was, it's great to have all kinds of clients and all this activity in 2020 and 21. Mm-hmm. It was also really stressful. And sure. it was also a bummer for buyers who were, you know, getting offer after offer rejected. And that's, mm-hmm. that's hard. Yeah. And that's not fun for any of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, and even as a seller, having 20 offers on the table to choose from, right. you're disappointing 19 people. Yeah. And that doesn't feel good either. So yeah. it is nice to have a little bit more of a yeah. well, leveling. And I think that's, that forced people to probably stretch a little bit more than they may have normally been comfortable with yeah. when, you know, the, mm-hmm. you offer on a house cause it's this price, but then you find out you're going to pay, you mm-hmm. know, 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 more. Yeah. I don't know what the statistics were, but I was <laughs> listening to a podcast where they were talking about a lot of people purchased homes in 2020 and 2021, mm-hmm. but they didn't really love, they didn't yeah. really like as much as they thought they did. And yeah. it was too kind of that frenetic, like, ah, I just got to get it. Right. And now they're like, oh, this isn't exactly, you know, a little, a little bit of buyer's remorse, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. I haven't talked to too many per- people personally that that's been the case, but I can, mm-hmm. I guess I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, for sure. So you are also the creator and host of this show, Living Southern Oregon. <laughs> How did this come about? Well, I, um, several years ago decided to invest in coaching, business coaching, Mm -hmm. um, pretty much every kind of self-help book or whatever you want to call them it, you know, around business and all this, everyone recommends having a coach. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to find somebody here. Mm -hmm. I've ended up finding somebody here locally. Tiffany Grimes. I'm just going to give her a shout out. <laughs> she is amazing. Amazing. And totally agree with that. <laughs> we love you, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've recommended her to so many people. She was my first coach. And then I just kind of kept going with it because I really appreciated having a coach. So one of the coaches that I had uh, suggested I do a podcast and she was basing that on, I guess, kind of my my love of connecting with people. But it's funny because when she said, I think you should do a podcast Mm -hmm. and I think it should be called this. I think, what did she call it? It was something similar to living in Southern Oregon. Uh I just instantly was like in my head Mm -hmm. thinking, no, no way. (laughs) I mean, the idea of it just sounded too crazy. And what do I have to share and what, what, and the technology part of it, which I just am not, you know, but you can't tell somebody that you've just paid money to tell you what to do. <laughs> no, or at least that's my thought. Right. I was like, well, I got to act like I'm at least going to entertain the idea. And then I just started talking to folks about it. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go and pursue this and see kind of, and the more people I talked to, everyone was loving the idea. Yeah. And then the warm, warmer I got to it and I started it and realized it doesn't take quite as much as I thought it would. And then Mm -hmm. I, of course, found James, the lovely James, who is my editor. And that's the part that scared me the most is I don't want to deal with that at all. And (laughs) they're like, how do you get it to magically appear on Spotify and all that? And James (laughs) does the magic on the back end. James (laughs) Thank you. And that is, you know, the part that freaked me out the most. So that's, that's how it came about. And now that I'm doing it, I love it. Yeah. And I'm just meeting so many amazing people and it really, it just feels good to be 
connecting with so many awesome people and to connect so many awesome people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how it came about. Well, I think it's worked out well for you. (laughs) (laughs) You've had some really awesome guests and so much fun listening to and, I can imagine how you were terrified at the beginning. I was definitely terrified just to do this one episode with you. So <laughs> I totally can see that. <laughs> so another thing I know that you love, um, you love to dance and you enjoy the local dancing with both house music and live music. Love to hear more about that. Yeah. I mean, I've just been a dancer for, I don't even know, for since teenage years and just love being on a dance floor to both mm-hmm. live music. And then I discovered house music, electronic music in the nineties and coming up here, I was a huge part of that scene. I still am in the Bay area mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of wondered what am I going to find up in Southern Oregon? <laughs> right. You know, it's going to be a desert. And I'm happy to say that the very first time I went to the silent disco in mm-hmm. Ashland, which for those of you who don't know what it is, silent disco. I don't know if they're still doing it in Ashland, but anyway, it was in the park in Lithia park uh-huh. and you put on the headphones and you can listen to different DJs. And I was so worried that the DJs weren't going to be good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wanted, I'm picky. And I thought, well, I'm just going to bring my own music. I'll just bring my phone and my yeah. earbuds. And that way, if I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. I can still dance in the park because I love right. my favorite place to dance is outside. I love being outside. Sure. It's just under the stars and the sunshine is my favorite. Yeah. So got, got there with a whole group of friends, put on the headphones and it was just this instantaneous, who's this DJ? Uh-huh. He's amazing. Like I, I know good yeah. technical like not only was I loving the music, but it's mm-hmm. like, he knows what he's doing. This is somebody who's not, yeah, this is a professional. Yeah. So I, inst- you know, went right up to him. Who are you? What's your name? Yes. Samuel Lawrence, DJ Samuel Lawrence and made sure and just got his numbers. Like I got to find out where you're playing again. Yeah. And it's clear that you're very skilled. Well, it turns out he used to DJ in San Francisco and oh, so he okay. has had lots of DJ experience. And Is then, he still local? Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. we might need to give him a call. <laughs> yes, we should get him on the podcast. I'm coming for you, Sam. So I, I tapped in with him, and and then, of course, that just kind of blossomed into meeting other folks. So we've got Michael Anthony, who's here from San Francisco. He actually splits his time between oh, San okay. Francisco. He runs a pretty big nightclub, part owner of one in San Francisco, and big events there. Yeah. And... But he, we're also very blessed to have him here. And so That's they awesome. produce an event called Rise and Shine, mm-hmm. which is great. It's, uh, it helped late spring through the summer, well, actually through the fall. And they do it at a vineyard at Edenvale oh, Vineyards. Nice. Yeah. And it's great because they do yoga to start uh-huh. and get then, you loosened up a little. Yeah. And so it's a couple hours of yoga and then the music comes on and it's a beautiful venue and they've even had aerial performances oh, and wow. art really and nice. yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool scene. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting, fun group of people. So. Yeah. So yeah. where are you? You mentioned one, but where are your other favorite places to go to dance and hear music? Like I said, if I, whenever I can get outside, so mm-hmm. that's always my top spots, sure. you know, sometimes they're just private 
private mm-hmm. parties that people will hold and with yeah. DJs and whatnot. The Hall is now starting to do some really great events, and they are now doing some queer events, which I also think is super important and I love. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Fox and Lichen, who have been hosting there at the Hall. And the last one that I went to, there's a Halloween one, and it was fantastic. Really great energy, really wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And then all the vineyards. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they all put on a lot the of vineyards. good shows and music. And, yes, I've yeah. seen so much good music at all the vineyards. So yeah. I will try and get out to those as much as possible. I'm forgetting the uh, Armory in Ashland. I've mm-hmm. seen some good shows there. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of great great spots but typically if i can be outside yeah that's gonna for be my, sure. my favorite yeah we're lucky in southern oregon i agree you know when i moved here from portland many many years ago i thought the same thing i thought oh you know the music scene's not gonna be great but you know even back then it was pretty good and i would say it's just gotten consistently better mm-hmm. over time it's really improved and there's a lot more places to go and yeah and you're right it's great having those queer friendly spaces too that we can go to yeah you know? well and i think the other piece that I realized is we are midpoint between San Francisco and Portland. Mm, mm-hmm. So we're a great stopover True. for, yeah. yeah. The one thing I true. wish we did have is a venue that was a little smaller than the Armory, Yeah, but bigger than everything else. Right. Yeah, something kind of in between. <laughs> something You're in right. between. Yeah, because yeah. the Armory, not everybody can fill that space. True. It's pretty huge mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and then of course yeah. how can i forget to not mention the brit i was I mean, wondering yeah i was, yeah. I was gonna bring Duh. it up if you didn't <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'll bring up the brit if she doesn't yeah yeah, yeah that's such the a brit, great i mean come on they get dancing. so many incredible people there and yeah. the views from up there and just the venue itself is just oh, it's gorgeous. beautiful so. it's my favorite place to hear music and it's you out, know, locally you know, outside yeah. so yeah for sure and we get some really great artists oh, here through bread yeah. they do a fantastic mm-hmm. job of bringing in some really cool people yeah. yeah yeah so i get out dancing whenever i can yeah absolutely it's good for your health good for what well, mental health mental physical health, health i will go crazy yeah i think i would if i could not like move my body in that way. And I, yeah. yeah. And I don't care if I'm the only one on the dance floor. <laughs> That's the best way to dance. Right. Yeah. Well, for sure. For having other people around, but I don't care. If nobody, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Dance anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of a goofy dancer, but I'll do it anyway. I don't care. You know, whatever. So you have a 15 year old daughter, Sahara. How does she feel about Southern Oregon? (laughs) Mom, why did you move us to the middle of nowhere? (laughs) Typical teenager. Yeah. And you know, she just, she would prefer to live in an urban area. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I tried to get her to interview here because I was like, let's get your perspective. I want to get other perspectives. And yeah, she said no. (laughs) Maybe if she and a couple of friends together would do it. Possibly. Maybe she'd be more open. Because it would be fun to hear from some of the teenagers around here. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She just, she would rather be in an urban area. So Mm -hmm. she's also not super outdoorsy. Uh She loves to kayak. Uh That is definitely. And river raft, which we have lots of that here. Yeah, for sure. But I know that she also gets bored doing the same, you know, rivers and Mm -hmm. wants to 
yeah, be out doing different rivers and whatnot. So that said, she loves her school. She's um, just started Grants Pass High School. And I am loving it as well. It's a fantastic school. They've got a great campus. So many amazing programs. I'm just, I'm kind of blown away by the programs they have. So she is thriving. She's on the swim team. Um, She's just doing great. And so, yeah, as much as she complains, (laughs) (laughs) she's also got a really great crew of friends and and I still am going to hold to the importance and for me, the value of raising her, having her be a part of her childhood, be in an area that is immersed in nature. Because mm-hmm. while she might not realize it now, mm-hmm. I do, I think it's important. And I think that growing up in a city environment and spending mm-hmm. your entire childhood there, I think that has an effect. It's, yeah. uh, it's um, I don't know. I like to give her both. She's got both. Yeah, so exactly. She, she goes has down easy access all to both. the time mm. to the city. We've still got family down there, so yeah. she's very adept at you know, sure, city life, yeah. and can get herself around on Bart and all the things, mm-hmm. buses and all that. But she also has had time living on a farm, yeah, and living in a rural area and living in a place where there's more mountains and trees than there sure. are people. Yeah. So well and living in community too. And living in community. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like we did that even down in the Bay Area because the house uh-huh. we lived in we always had people living with us. Yeah. So she got very used to having lots of people around and we would yeah. I just think that's so door. good for kids to have that exposure to so many people mm-hmm. and to know that they're loved by so many people. Absolutely. And the variety of interests and different things that people bring to the table that mm-hmm. then she gets to be exposed to that and be part of that. Yeah. yeah. I so. can't teach her everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. I love seeing her connections with, with her community and Well it's yeah. gotta be great to know you've got other people looking out for your oh, kid too. Absolutely. You know, that love her and look out for her and yeah. yeah. So Yeah. That sounds wonderful. But yes, yeah, Sahara, we would love to have you and, and <laughs> if if needed, some of your friends on the show too. <laughs> so you are one of the most active people I know, and you're terrific at bringing people together and building community. Tell me a bit about that. I mean, I just, I love, I love the magic of what happens when you introduce people and bring people together and seeing how, what happens out of those connections. So it's, yeah, I think I, you know, one of the things I do, the podcast party, yeah, where so I have fun. everybody, um, all my podcast guests are invited mm-hmm. and it's just, it's great to just see what happens. And I, yeah. and I have a, a gathering I do for my birthday every year. Same thing. I just love watching what happens when people connect mm-hmm. and then they go forth and do amazing things. Yeah. And it's super fun or they develop wonderful friendships or sometimes even get together. I have two friends who just connected and are now dating that oh, I nice. for my birthday gathering last year. And that feels really <laughs> awesome. But yeah, it's, I think that the more that we connect with each other, the yeah. more we learn from each other. And I just love bringing people together. Yeah. And especially if it's for a good time and a good cause or, you yeah. know, it's, I think we need more of that. And mm-hmm. so I, that's something that I love to do. Yeah. Well, I've benefited from it for sure, you know, <laughs> by meeting you and then, uh, you know, meeting people through the podcast mm-hmm. and stuff. It's been fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I've it's made some connections wonderful. I wouldn't have otherwise made. So 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm lucky to be a beneficiary of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's one of the things I want to do actually 2023. I'm doing my business planning and just kind of thinking about not only the podcast, but my real estate business. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I want to do more events and more things that bring my clients together and bring, you know, more community events, more of that kind of stuff, just because I love it. And so figuring out some kind of ways of doing that is something that I'm going to keep doing both. Well, I always do it in my personal life. It's like, how can I bring that into my yeah. business world more just because it's sure fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it feels good to bring people together, mm-hmm. you know, and to help yeah. people make connections and just see that blossom and, and then see how within that too often there's this interconnectedness that you wouldn't have known about otherwise, Yeah, you know, these webs that are already there yes. that people just didn't realize. Oh yeah. So. I mean, that's my favorite podcast story right now podcast story connection i'm gonna is uh the episode of alan and dabney who Uh own summit prairie yeah and them you know doing that interview and showing me the book that inspired them which was the pacific northwest guide Mm -hmm. to fire lookouts yeah and then a week later interviewing tish tish Tish. yeah Asking her, oh, I see you're an author. What books did you author? Uh-huh. Well, it's a Pacific Northwest guide to right. the fire lookout. They're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I've connected them, and they went out and had wine together, oh, and just fantastic. absolutely fell in love with each other. And it was, and they are all writing me and telling me that, and that made me so happy for sure. It made me so so happy, and so yeah. that's the kind of stuff. Yeah, that what I a loved. neat connection, and they they wouldn't have probably otherwise met. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, yeah, probably never not. knowing they had this I know. connection. It's, you know, yeah. So, so anyway, stuff like that makes me really happy. I love doing that. Uh, that's Being great, and you're good at it. So. Um, yeah, you bring a lot of fun to things and it's always fun to be around you. So as we're winding down, are there any small businesses or favorite places that you'd like to share with us? I imagine it's I a know, long I know I ask this list. question of other people all the time right now. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many great businesses here and places. And, and I think it's important to support small businesses. I guess that's why I always ask that question, right? Is because, yeah. or as uh, I love the term micro business. I think yeah. that's the one that, um, Melody from the cheese cave. Um, she's like, I'm, I'm actually smaller than small. <laughs> um, Great little place. She's got oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And there's, I haven't been to the new place. No, either. I haven't either yet, but I'm excited. To but check that it out. whole little strip, I just drove by it the other day is mm-hmm. so cute. And it's really Phoenix, Phoenix rising. Yeah. So I'm so happy to see. So good um, to see them rebuild. Yeah. After all that devastation for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So businesses, I mean, I hang out, everyone already knows this. So I hang out at Longsword Vineyard all the time because yep. <laughs> I just, I love their events. I love the vibe over there. They're just, yeah. you know, such good people, nice people. Yeah. you know, Chozu. I love mm-hmm. Chozu and Ashland. It's such a beautiful spot for soaking. So it's a mm-hmm. bath yeah. mineral springs and they've got their main pool and you can also rent their private pools. Yeah. Erica do... just went there with her friend who was here oh. from New York. They went there the other day yeah. and loved it. So it was really nice. It's beautiful. So that's, um, that's fun. And then I love supporting all of the, the performance stuff that happens. You yeah. know, we get besides live music, there's like, I've been to a couple of pretty amazing burlesque shows. Yeah. Those are fantastic. So I like supporting those drag shows. I Absolutely. love 
a good drag performance. <laughs> Barnstormers is a great local theater. And of course, mm-hmm. OSF. I mean, yeah. they're not a small business, but they're, I mean, it's just such incredible quality theater. We do have some great oh, quality theater and arts High and quality. things in this area mm-hmm. that, again, I don't think people would necessarily expect. Yeah. But this area has so much to offer in yeah. so many different areas. And yeah, the arts and the theaters and performances and the music. It's just yeah, terrific it's a lot. for all that. What other places? Let's see. Little coffee shops and stuff, too. Like, I love supporting Forage. is yeah. a cute little spot in Medford that the I love. The local places. Uh-huh. Yeah. Casablanca. That's my oh, go-to for... My <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need food, and I need it to be quick and something healthy and exactly. not going to break the bank. And yeah. Casablanca, they're delicious. And now they've got their new location. Oh, do they have a new location? Uh-huh. In uh, Grants Pass, and it's a... Walk in, sit down with a little. They actually have a little bar oh, inside, wow. and I didn't. I know really that. like that little spot. So, yeah, they're yeah. incredible. So if you haven't food. tried them, you've got to go to yeah. Casablanca in Grants Pass. I keep hoping they'll come this way, you know, to Medford <laughs> and uh, over Maybe. to Central Point, Medford. Yeah. Because they're just so good, man. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and you're right. It's fast. It's healthy, and yeah. it's reasonably priced. And incredibly good. And then not really businesses, but just getting out into the nature that we have here. I mean, I am so grateful for the rivers. I mean, I Mm -hmm. got into kayaking because Sahara's dad is a river guide. And so we've always done river stuff. And I've gotten more confident. So now I'm able to do class three and sometimes a couple of class fours. But going out on the Rogue River, I just, you know, I can in the summertime work half the day Uh and then go out and spend three or four hours kayaking and feel like I am in the middle of nowhere almost. I mean, because that little stretch, my favorite stretch is Galise to Graves Mm -hmm. Creek. And there's not a lot of, there's only the one road and it's very, not, not very well traveled as far as cars and stuff. So you really get this feeling of being out in the wilderness and that's pretty special. I mean, to be able to just leave my house and be there and, and go do that and be home by the end of the night. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a pretty awesome, that's something I could never have done in the Bay area. Yeah. And then just all the gorgeous hiking. I did Pilot Rock, hiked Mm -hmm. that for the first time. And holy, those views from the top. I'm not sure that I've, yeah, I don't think there's another hiker out here that has views (laughs) like that. Maybe Grizzly Peak, but I I still think that, yeah, Yeah. Pilot Rock. Pilot Rock is incredible. Blown away by those views up there. For sure. So I need to do that one again. Um, And then just the fact that how close we are to the coast Right. You know, people always ask me, well, how far is it to the coast? I'm like, well, it depends on how often you stop to look at everything that's pretty. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. The redwoods. The and first everything time else. I yeah. did that drive, I was like, oh, I got to pull over because the Smith River, I mean, yeah, it's oh, just it's gorgeous. gorgeous, right? And yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to go and I'm going to hike down a little bit and then, you know, back in the car and keep driving. Oh, there's another spot. You know? <laughs> oh, now we're in the redwoods. I'm going to go do that little hike. And yeah. I always tell people, I think it's Howland Road from, um, just past, I don't know how you pronounce it, Gas, Gasquet, Gasquet, Gas, 
Oh, um, how do you pronounce I, that? I know what you're talking about. Now I can't yeah, think of it. Little town, anyway. Yes, on, yes. It's on the 199, and um, there's a, a road, a side road that goes through the redwoods. And there's yeah. a point, and if you just look up Stout Grove, it takes you kind of that. That's the way through. Yeah. Just stunning. Oh my god, I and, can spend I could spend weeks uh, in there hugging trees. It's <laughs> you know, so, so beautiful, and to have. Those redwoods so close to us. They're is, so special. Mm-hmm. They really are. So, yeah, those are, that's, that's what I love about here. Yeah. Here. It's a pretty spectacular area. And mm-hmm. you're right. You know, when I first moved down here in my early 20s from Portland, I thought, oh, what am I going to do down here? You know, <laughs> I, I was like, I want to go back to Portland in, you know, the next six months. And then I just fell in love with it. I mean, you're right. Yeah. Everything we want to do, we've got the mountains and, the snow, we've got mm-hmm. the coast, we've got, you know, we get it really nice long summers mm-hmm. so we can hike in early spring to really late fall and even through the winter, if you don't mind the cold. But yeah, just this area has everything. And then, like you said, the great music and art and theater scene. I yeah. feel like it has everything. And people. I mean, one of the things yeah. that I know when I first moved here, I thought we'd be, you know, spending a lot of time in, in town in Ashland or Medford mm-hmm. or wherever for all of our entertainment. Yeah. And I am impressed with the locals and all of their talents and skills. And, yeah. you know, it's like I'm watching my friends perform. Yeah. And that is pretty special. That's a different little, that's next level community. For sure. You know, when you're not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not paying an artist that I've never met, mm-hmm. you know, which I, yeah. is fine. I'm happy to do that yeah, too. Yeah. But to be able to, Support your support friends your friends and, and also just to see the the absolute level of yeah just artistry yeah in, in so many different realms and the talent um, is and, really yeah. fantastic so the yeah. community it's a wonderful community it is yeah well uh, is there anything else you'd like to say or share I think that's probably it <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah well this thanks is, for doing this I, well I think it's a lot of fun I've enjoyed it and good. learned a few new things about you as well so I think this was a ton of fun I hope people enjoy learning more about you thanks and I'm going to give you a shout out because Finn is not just somebody who's interviewing me Finn is my assistant <laughs> who helps book all of my podcasts <laughs> interviews and takes care of all of that back-end stuff which leaves me to be able to do the part that I love which is talking to people and connecting with people so thank you you're welcome (laughs) I love doing it and I love working for you it's fantastic (laughs) it's it's been so much fun for me too so I appreciate it Alrighty. all right thank you and goodbye everyone hope you enjoyed this podcast This podcast is produced by Simona Fino and co-produced by James Dedakis and Jaded Media. Original music by Samuel Lawrence.